are listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably. This is Power Producer Shop Talk production redefined are you ready to feel the power hey everybody how are all you boys and girls doing today it's time for shop talk with uncle kyle i love it i think it's you're great. the uncle nobody ever wants to acknowledge at a family reunion i'm just gonna uh, put that that's, out there that's complete bs i'm the cool uncle that will hang out and give kids beers and Smoke joints with him or something. I don't know. I figure you're the old uncle that's passed out with his head on the table from room temperature old fashions. <laughs> that's, I mean, that, that's completely within the realm of possibility. I figured. See? Especially if it's Thanksgiving. That's oddly accurate and yeah. specific. Right. Well, I mean... What happens at Thanksgiving? You sit around and you, I, I booze, just, you booze and eat all day. Actually, I sit around and give thanks for a lot of stuff. I'm no, so thankful you? that you shared that story with you me, just, for you example. Just, you just write a bunch of thank you letters to people? Yeah, and slide them across the table. <laughs> I envision uh, my Thanksgiving looking like that big table from Wedding Crashers, where the whole family's around and the senile grandma and all of that. Yes. Classic. Classic. Absolutely classic. Um, just need Jane Seymour to be there. We'll be good. Dr. Quinn. Dr. Quinn. Yeah. Got an ailment. I'm going to have to take my shirt off. Can you check this out for me? (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow. Yeah. I'm I'm all ears, man. I mean, we were talking just a little bit, and I said, eh, let's finish this up. Uh, Let's go ahead and record it. So you had a difficult client situation yesterday. They seem to be more and more frequent. Um, I know we just talked about one a few weeks ago, but yeah, it's just interesting. This is weird, man. I don't ever expect... I don't expect a difficult situation to come from a client, client referral. referral. Yeah, but in most cases, no. Um, so I've got I've I've got a client that um, I you know put some policies in place for. It's probably been eight months or ho- however long, but they're pretty new to insurance, and I kind of walked them through. Um, you know, they're a new company, so they don't know what they need. So I walked them through what, what things they need and what they, um, what some contracts are going to require and whatever. So I, I, you know, they, I guess the bottom line is they, um, you know, trust me and my expertise or whatever. So they, uh, sent, I got an email from, um, they've never been to one of those family reunions. That's why (laughs) (laughs) they had been to a family reunion. You might not be in the circle of trust, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, so I got an email. Why does from... Uncle Kyle keep wanting to do the hokey pokey with me? <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what that means. What does that even mean? <laughs> um, well, you stick your right foot in and you stick your right foot out. Um, 
So I got an email from from this random person saying that they had been uh, referred to me by you know my client and that they were in need of they had some a contract that they were just awarded that was coming up on Monday. Um, so obviously this took yet, uh, place yesterday on Thursday, and you know they had a general liability policy in place, but the contracts are requiring additional limits. They're requiring an, a five million umbrella, a uh, million dollar auto policy, um, something on the workers comp, whatever. Um, so they're like, we, you know, needed ASAP. What do you need? And so I sent her an email back and said for the, you know, for the specific lines of coverage, these are the things I need. It would help me if you could send me your deck page for your GL so that I can make sure that that gets put on the umbrella, you know, properly and that you're not missing anything on there that are, that's in the requirements for this contract. So, um, she also, said, I really like it. If you don't mind, will you please black out the premiums when you send that? Over? Yeah, that's the best. Um, no, the best is when they black the premiums out, and because they put it on a, sc- a scanner that is backlit, S- still see it, it lights through and you can see it. It's my mm-hmm. favorite. My all-time favorite is yeah. the blacked-out deck page that I can see, and then I just create a comparison pricing model based on what they blacked out versus what I'm proposing. I had and a- I never really ask anybody, hey, did you ever figure out how I, how I knew your numbers? I just let them, let them deal with it. I, ha- I had a client of mine black out the premiums on the thing that yes. they sent me. No, I know. I know what your premiums are. I'm your agent. Yeah, well he just sent you the same thing he sent to five other people. Is what Idiot. he did. Any anyways, anyways. Um so so yeah, I, I outlined all the things that I would need and you know she's back in, in bits and pieces. Um and then I uh I was like hey can can, can we get on a quick call? Like, cause it, it was starting to get a little nope. bit more complicated than, um, you know, than, than, than I was willing to deal with via email. So I talked, you know, talked to her and, you know, kind of gave her the rundown and she's like, okay, I'll get, I'll get that other stuff over to you. So I, I, I said that I needed the, um, you know, all of the, all of the VINs, all of the, the driver information, all of the, trailer info and then that she wanted property coverage on the equipment they had a bunch of equipment like probably six or seven pieces um you know and, and big stuff too excavators dozers uh a genie you know so on and so forth so send all that stuff and i'm putting it in and i'm just kind of like guessing at the values i'm like hey i sent her an email i'm like hey i i i need the um or i told her on the phone I'm like hey i need the values for for the for the equipment so she sends back just equipment's five hundred thousand dollars like okay, that's that's cool and all, but um, it's a fairly round number, right? Fairly round number, but I'm mm. like that. You know that that that's great. Maybe I should have been a little bit more specific. I apologize. I'm going to need them itemized because I have to schedule them on on the policy individually. You know, especially when it's five hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. It's not just small tools we're talking here. And then mm-hmm. and then she emailed me back. This was great. Let me pull it up. Um, so I sent the. I, I should have been more clear. She says, "I'm sorry." I did not know, but my husband already told our current agent to add everything to our current policy. Thanks for your time. So, like, obviously, that's completely BS. Like, you're not going to reach out to me telling me that it's, you know, a time-sensitive thing. You need it ASAP. And just unbeknownst to you, you, you know, your your husband had already told you. First of all, there's nothing. You can't add. You can't add an auto policy to your GL. You can't add. Like, that's not how this works. You don't have anything to add to it. So, um, it was just, I, That's I, it. I I'm was making it an official, official company policy as of 1020 on March 5th, anybody who is a referral from another client where you are dealing with the spouse, 
the first question you ask is, has your husband already done this with your existing agent? <laughs> and then like, you won't have the problem anymore. It's like, come on, man. I mean, what, like, why are you wasting my, so that was, I mean, not, not like I have hours per se. Right. But like, that was an after hours thing. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's five I'm scrambling, trying to get this done for this person because it's a referral from, you know, a, a client and, um, they seemed like they needed help and then they're just going to, you know, pull, she didn't, she didn't want to answer all the questions. She's like, why is this person asking me all these questions? I don't want to deal with this. I'm just going to try to figure something else out is basically how I took it. And that's just like that, that kind of stuff aggravates me. As well. It should. Yeah. It aggravates me too. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's the story. That's what happened. I'm still yeah, mad about I'm it. with you, man. I can tell. I'm not. I actually. I would like I don't to see. Anymore. I would like to see a lumberjack match with you mm-hmm. and Nash on one tag team, oh, and dude. then your garbage man and this lady from Texas <sighs> on the other. They they would be done. Not it wouldn't even be a contest. I would love it if you came out and somehow had Nash standing on your shoulders. Yeah. You didn't went into a dive roll, and when you came out the other side of it, he springboarded off yeah. and just attached to somebody's face like an octopus. He could do it. He's getting close to walking. It's kind of crazy. But he's so aggressive, man, like all all morning. And so I, so Elise starts you know, know pretty early. You know what stops that? Huh. Just punch him in the face. Right. Well, it's, I mean, it's funny because you, like, you, you tell him no, and he starts – he starts like welling up and getting all sad and everything, but he just, I mean, mm-hmm. the, he pinches and it's almost like he gets enjoyment out of it. Like it's, it's, um, it's so aggressive and it's like, like he'll pull my beard and just pinch every part of your skin. And it's usually the parts that there's not like a lot of, like on the back of your arm where they're, you know, it's pretty tender to begin with. It's, he's a maniac, man. Yes. So I have no doubt in my mind that, actually that we used would to be a dominate thing. Like when I Texas was- lady and the garbage man. Come on, lady. Bring your garbage Texas game with the garbage collector. I don't even know what you would name your weak tag team. It, it, yeah, I can't even think of a name that, that's worthy. No, so here's the deal, man. I, it's kind of funny. It, it sort of plays with this, but sort of doesn't because I don't really feel like you were given a fair shake in this. But the topic I wanted to talk about today was about being teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If you think about it, and, and, and I'm not going to sit here and take complete credit for this line of thought. I'm going to have to hand out some acknowledgments to several people along the way, starting with Mr. Daniel Song, mm. who encouraged me to read 10 pages a yeah. day. Now, it's not like I'm not like I'm I, I'm illiterate by any stretch. I'm a guy that'll I, I would polish off probably a dozen books a year, but I wouldn't do it in a systemic and methodical way. No, you'd bang out like three in a so month, and sure. then you wouldn't read one for two. And I mean, that's right. exactly how I am. Yeah, I mean, I'll get in these streaks where, oh yeah, I'm I'm really into reading now, and I'll read three or four books, or I'll read three and a half, and then I'll fizzle out on the last half of the fourth book, and then I'm done for a little while, and then I don't remember the first half of that book, so I have to start over. Anyhow. Here's the here's the here's what I found to be ironic. The first book that I used Mr. Song's 10 pages a day technique on was the book Atomic Habits. Right. Yeah. And then when I got to the end of Atomic Habits, I'm thinking Daniel Song just had me perform an Atomic Habit to read Atomic Habits. That's the irony there. Right. But uh another book that I re- the new the next book that I'm reading is one that I have heard a lot of people talk about. 
And I don't know if I, you know, if it's exactly what I think it's going to be uh, until I get further into it because I'm about 20 pages in so far. But it's They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Good. And it's it's about marketing and, and social media and, and developing expert you know authority and uh, presence and all of that stuff. But he opened up one. It was either the introduction or the first chapter. I want to say it was the introduction, and the statement was, "We are all teachers." Okay. I agree with that, and I think it's something that a lot of insurance people suck at. To be honest with you. Um, but if you look at everything in your life, right, we are teachers. We're teachers to our kids. We're teachers to our spouse. We're teachers to our prospects and our clients mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And I think that a lot of the time we forget that, right? It's, and it's tough. You're, you're, you've got one kid. I have four. Right. And so obviously I've been down that road more than you have. But it's very easy when your kids are in, when you're in the middle of something, your kids are asking a million questions to get upset and shut them off sure. and push them away. And that's because we forget that we're teachers, right? Kids only kids only become what we equip them to become. And it's no different when you're dealing with clients and prospects, right? If you go in and you take a new business appointment and you go in under, the premise that you're an educator, that you're a teacher, that you're there to explain things to them and make sure they understand them, you're going to be way more successful, man. And I, and when I read that statement, I mean, I've it was this morning that I read it, mm-hmm. so I'm kind of doing this on the fly. But um, you know, I, I've been thinking about it for the last couple of hours ever since I, I read it. And I, and if I look at my sales career. I think I'm pretty solid in the teaching game when I go into new appointments. I really do. I, I, I think if I had to attribute anything at all to my ability to close business, I think it's because of that. It, whether it be educating about return to work or educate, very rarely, very rarely is it about insurance, right? Nobody wants to learn about insurance. Right. I think that part of the issue with our industry is that the people who are buying insurance inherently trust that the person selling that insurance knows what they're doing. Yeah. Right. And I know from personal experience that over 50% of the people that are selling middle market commercial, there's no way they know everything that they're selling for all of the different lines of coverage and all of Mm -hmm. that. And, And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying this to throw off on them. Maybe there's somebody in their agency that's an expert on that stuff. And that person is who coached them through what to do with that particular part of the insurance program, but maybe not. I mean, I don't know how many people take the initiative to do that, but I have to be a teacher because when we go in and we talk about the things that we talk about, there's an education process involved in that. Yeah. Like you can't go in and say total cost of risk to a, a buyer that's never heard total cost of risk before and not explain it and then not have to explain <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, no, I mean, uh, uh, total cost of risk to you. Right. I'm not going to tell you. I mean, you, you I think can't the do education that. piece is huge. There's been a number of times, even just recently, I was on a call this week where um, I was explaining just s- something simple, like how workers comp in Florida works, right? to a business owner that's had a business for seven, eight years and has had workers' comp coverage. And I'm explaining the fundamentals of it and, and why things are the way they are and what they can do to, you know, kind of um, 
you know, minimize their cost of risk. And that he, and he's like, I, I've, I've never heard any of this before, but I'm not doing anything that's like supernatural. I'm just explaining how workers comp works right. in, in a simple form and, and how, how it impacts his business. Not, not how the insurance itself works, but how, how I think it would be, I think it would be absolutely epic yeah. if you started going to new business appointments in superhero tights. Oof. I, I think it would be I don't awesome. have the quads for that. Very skinny legs. I don't think the quads is where you need to worry. No? <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's what I'm worried about if we're talking about tights. It's the quads. Eh, I don't know. I, you might need to hit chest day a few times, too. Just throwing that out there. Okay. <laughs> Um, Might need to hit that butterfly machine. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been to Orange Theory twice in the last four months. So you're, okay? so you're an expert. I'm, you're, yeah, you're in, I'm you're, in you're in peak. Yeah, you're in peak shape. Look at me, I'm ripped. Yeah. I could go. I like. I. I <laughs> you'll appreciate this. I went in this morning, and there was a sign up table for what they call the dry try. It's a it's a dry triathlon. Where you do a certain number of uh, a certain amount of rowing, a certain amount of repetitions on the weight floor, and then you run a certain distance. Okay. Okay. What's dr- what's now, dry about I it? I don't th- get it. You're not swimming, so you're dry the whole time. You're not in the water. Okay. In a triathlon, there's swimming okay. involved. You okay. get wet okay. when you get. It. This is a teachable moment, Kyle. I'm going to turn into an educator here, and I'm going to discuss with you the qualities <laughs> of water and how it makes you wet. <laughs> I mean. This lady from Texas really just made what are, you dumb what are, what are, So I what's think. the what are the three parts of the triathlon then? Swimming, running, and biking. In, in a normal triathlon, okay. yes. In this one, it's the the treadmill, the floor exercises with weights, and the rowing yeah. machine. So it's it's still three exercises, thus the try. But it, it it's a little gimmick, and it's something that costs extra. But literally, I took four months off because <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I uh, I had to hit. Uh, cortisone in my knees and needed to drop a few LBs just to get comfortable with the treadmill again because I was pounding living daylights out of my joints. So I've been back for two days as I was walking out of Orange Theory. I'm not even going to lie, man. I took a double take at the dry try sign up table and I'm thinking to myself, I ain't as good as I once was, but I think I could give her a go. And I didn't pull the trigger okay. today. I don't know when the deadline is, but I can tell you if I feel froggy Monday... I'm going for the dry try T-shirt. I'm going for it. <laughs> Is that what you get? You get a nice, a, a nice uh, dry try T-shirt for completing it. I have no idea. Participation medal, because that's what everybody wants these yeah, days. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it, it's crazy, but um, so yeah. I mean, I think when you go in and you talk to people about total cost to risk, and again, we we have talked how many times, even on this show, about the indirect cost to claims. Right? Nobody knows that. Nobody understands what it is. If you bring up indirect cost of claims, there's a 100% chance you're going to have to educate people about that. Yeah. If you bring up return to work, there's about a 100% chance you're going to have to educate people about that. Mm-hmm. They just they think they know, but they don't know. And I think that there's an art to that. And I'm not I'm not advocating or claiming that I have perfected the art. I haven't. I'm not the best teacher. But what I have recognized is that I need to be, that I need to do that, that I need to take the time to educate. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes when we're dealing with clients and we're dealing with prospects, it is not as evident to us that they need us to explain things as it is 
when it's your kid yanking on your arm. Right. You know, your kid is going to tug on your arm until they get what they want and, and be annoying about it. Your clients and your prospects aren't. No. If you're not giving them the answer, they're just going to go find the answer from whoever is going to give it to them. And so the art in, the, in being the teacher in those scenarios isn't that you're going to get up with an awesome PowerPoint or a whiteboard or whatever yeah. else. It's that you actually recognize that they need to be taught and that you're paying attention to what they're saying in the meeting. And then you need to go into teaching mode. Sure. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. People. Quit pencil whipping your continuing ed. Actually do it. Like, te- learn yourself. Let other people teach you. Because if you don't know what you're talking about, then it's kind of foolish for you to go and impart your non-wisdom on somebody who needs wisdom, right? Continuing ed is awesome. You know what, though? You're going through CIC. Yeah. You, have you, when, when do you start your actual legitimate first module? Um... The 18th. So it can be boring. It depends on who the instructor is. But I can tell you, man, I I, I paid attention no, the whole time. Yeah, I, I think... I didn't, um, I didn't fade off. I literally paid attention the whole time. And there's a lot of stuff that you hear me, that you will hear me talk about over time that goes all the way back to me taking those modules. I think the CIC um, courses and all that while they count as continuing ed is, is much different. Um, you know, I'm actually <laughs> paying attention because I, it's, it's stuff that I want to learn. It, I mean, that's the whole reason I'm going through it. It's not just, well, like, and CRM takes it up another couple notches because it's, it, it actually is to me of those, you know, the insurance piece is a necessary evil. If you want to be competitive in being a producer, you need to have product knowledge. You don't need to be an underwriter. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go out and be an underwriter or an actuary or somebody that's that much of a, you know, anal brainiac. Mm-hmm. But you have to have working product knowledge. And it, you know, National Alliance ba- way back when and you're going we're going back some years now, but when I originally got my CIC, the statistic was that if you were a CIC designee, you earned on average 30% more than people you were competing against I believe who didn't it. have it. I would love to see that statistic on the CRM. And it's interesting because when they when they rolled that out, CRM was really catching some some momentum back when I got mine. It was not as old as CIC. And so there wasn't as much buy-in. But it was weird watching how the National Alliance rolled it out because it was almost like they went overboard in making sure that you knew it wasn't an insurance education class because it was a bunch of producers that were in there. Yeah. You know, it's it's like they wanted that to be the designation and, and maybe they still do. And, and again, I'm not criticizing them. I'm just telling you what my perception is. So National Alliance lay off. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it was like they wanted that designation to be for people who were professional risk managers. Right. And somebody somewhere that was a producer said, ha, I'm going to take that. Yeah. I bet it'll make my game better at the point of sale. And then word got out. And so when I went through it, it was basically almost all producers that were in there. And I really, really enjoyed CRM compared to CIC. Not that I didn't like CIC, but I felt like with CRM, it gave me a bigger view of how you know total cost of risk and risk management in general yeah. worked. It's not technical and insurance it gives stuff. It, 
No, it's technical operations stuff, and it right. shows it to you inside of what really big companies that have dedicated risk managers and risk management departments look like, and it also shows you how it could be applicable to people further down the food chain as far as size and shape. Mm. And I think that's that's a big deal, right? So a lot of times, maybe for ex- so I, I do this all the time. Uh, anytime I'm going to make a decision as to whether or not I'm going to buy something for the agency, I don't think about what I'm buying for myself at all. I just buy it. Yeah. But for but for the agency, um, I think about what is my payback period going to be? <clears throat> like if I'm going to go out, like we had. Um, like Think HR is a good example. Think HR or Magic are great examples, right? Because mm-hmm. there's 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 an investment there. Sure. And if I'm going to have those things, how quick do I get my money back is number one. And then number two, how profitable is that going forward, mm-hmm. right? How much, how much can I get above and beyond what I'm paying for? Sure. And I have to look at that stuff. And number one, we have to have that stuff in the middle market. There's no question whatsoever that if you don't have value-added tools like that stuff, that you're going to be able to, 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 to compete with people who do. Um, so there's, there's that, but more importantly, it's not just, I'm looking at how many of my accounts that I already have are actually going to use this so that I can help my retention Mm -hmm. because that's number one. And then how much new business am I going to bring in as a result? And then again, how much of this stuff does that new business need and how am I going to use it at the point of sale? And then I develop a sales process around it, right? So we didn't have Think HR at this time last year, but now every time I talk to somebody, I talk about Think HR. Yeah. Right? We didn't have Magic. We were using an inferior competitor of theirs at this time last year. Now Correct. when I do a mod review, I go in with Magic and I talk to them about that and why it's such a great product. And there's a lot of other things that are out there, but I have to sit there and look. And, and look, here, here's an easy one, cover wallet. I didn't have to think twice about that. It didn't cost me anything. Mm-hmm. In fact, it cost me nothing to register with them. I got 20 free leads from them for registering with them, and they made it easier for me to write small business in the agency, and they pay basically the same commissions we would get on that small business if we were going direct, but the increase in efficiency that you pick up because you're not going to five different carriers to quote for the same line is huge. Absolutely. And then we've taken, listen, I've taken this a completely different direction. You don't even know this yet. But I built, if you go to floridariskpartners.com forward slash cover wallet, I built an iframe that resides on our domain. So yeah, now we can that. send that we can send that link to prospects. We can give it to Marvin. Dude, Marvin. listen, if Marvin is if Marvin is calling on workers comp leads and we're talking to somebody about workers comp, it is natural that we're gonna ask about the other lines. Mm-hmm. Well, Considering the fact that Amtrust just sent out an email yesterday that they're paying 21% new business on anything under $25,000 in go. premium, this, I like, I am so lucky <laughs> because this plays into my entire strategy of bringing the telemarketer on, removing the filter for him and making it not just middle market, but anything. It, it, it all mm-hmm. works. Now we get 21 points for small business workers comp from, from Amtrust, which is awesome. Thank you very much. What is it up and to? 25, We you have said? the ability. 21. No, 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 no. 
the um, twenty five thousand in premium. Yeah, yeah twenty up to t- so on twenty five thousand in premium, you're getting over five thousand dollars in revenue. Yeah, strong on a twenty five thousand dollar premium account. Right. Come on now, let's go. I wonder how many people out there. I shouldn't even say this, but you know it's going to happen, right? What? You know what they're going to do. They're going to underestimate the payroll by about $2,000 to keep it under 25 (laughs) and pick up the 21 points so that it audit when it comes in, they get 21 points on 50,000 in payrolls, right? Yeah, I don't think that's going to (laughs) work. Well, no, it would work, unfortunately, because I don't think anybody would on the carrier side would look at it. And none of you ever attribute me teaching that to you. I'm telling you what not to do. This is the episode about teaching, man. Yeah, but... um. There's that piece, but then when you can flip it around and you're having that comp conversation and you say, hey, look, you know, we have a really streamlined process for you to explore quotes for your other lines. I'm going to send you a link. You're going to have to answer just a few questions and we're going to get you quotes from multiple carriers in real time and you can pay for the policy right there if you want it. Boom. Good morning. Yeah. Good night. Can I please run my agency from my phone in Key West going forward? Like, if, if I were going to do this all over again, you literally could open up an agency and maybe get a couple of monoline comp appointments and cover wallet, and you could run the whole agency that way. You really could. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty sweet. I'm a fan. So, what 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 are some other teachable things? You know, we, I mean, we talk about the risk management piece. I, I, I think I, I really only think the other thing that we have to do a good job of teaching, and I'm going to wrap it up with this one, is you have to teach people how to do business with you. You have to teach them what your agency flow is like, right? Point. If you go back, if you go back to having, in you know, we've had an HR portal for a number of years, and and this is not, I promise you, this is not an infomercial for Think HR, but I, I really like the product for this reason. The biggest issue we had with our HR portal was adoption, right? We couldn't get anybody to adopt it, and we don't have the time or the bandwidth to be able to go through and educate every single person who comes down as a client how to use our HR portal. So we created automation and videos around that, but the rate of adoption was still way too low. I like the fact that Think will onboard these people for us, that they will uh, give them an orientation and show them how to use the product. Mm-hmm. And that takes that off of our plate. Um, but again, you know, how many times in, in, in the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I can't tell you the number of times that I see somebody griping that they lost a piece of business and somebody else came in and took that piece of business. And it was because of a tool that that other person had that they brought up at the point of sale and explained to that client and the person who lost the business had the same tool, but never took the time to teach. Right. Yeah, or even bring, or even bring th- it up. Yeah, I think that's really one of the biggest areas every single one of us can improve on. And that starts with me and whoever else is an agency principal out there. You know, what do I, how, do I, how do I make sure this is happening? Well, number one, look at utilization reports. You know, go in, look and think HR. How many of our clients have actually created their online handbook? How many of them have used the hotline? How many of them are are attending the free webinars for HR professionals and all of these things? And if they're not, that's worth a phone call, man. Yeah. I think sometimes we work so hard to go out and produce new business, we forget that once we bring it in, we have to work just like we did to get it, if not harder in some cases. Mm -hmm to keep it on the books. And if you're going to do that, you got to teach period. End of story. Yep. I'm with you. 
Cheers. Cheers to the freaking weekend. For sure. I'm all over it, man. It's going to be a good one, too, although it's supposed to rain <sighs> yeah, tomorrow. Yesterday, or, uh, tomorrow looks pretty dicey. Can I just let you know how ridiculous my yard looks right now? Like, Ridiculously I am bad? I to cut it. No. So far from it. Oh. So far from bad. Okay. No, it looks great. Why do you need to cut it if I, it looks I got great? New, oh, because it, it's time for a trim. I mean, look, man. <laughs> You have that glorious beard. You don't just let it go. I mean, you got to trim it every now and again. Same thing with my. I might let it go. That's your business. Anyhow, everybody else, have a great weekend. Take some time. Think through things. How are you going to teach next week? Get recharged and go out and kill it. See you later. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes